Welcome to episode four of Hookers and Horses, Stories of a Prairie Family. Today's podcast is Metal Scraps with your hosts, Dana, that's me, my sister Tracy, and my cousin Ellie. Our hope with each podcast is that we might bring some joy and entertainment into your lives during this time of isolation. So without further ado, here we go. Okay, hi everyone. We are on episode four of Hookers and Horses, Stories of a Prairie Family. Um, We are talking today about what we call Metal Scraps. And that, in, in in other words, are all the cars that we have grown up with over the years that my father, God love him, has driven directly into the ground. They are all, they're all like great cars in the beginning, most of them. Um, and then for some unknown reason, like they're just, they're so past their prime. And back in the day, like I'm talking like in the, 70s and the 80s like they really didn't have any money in fairness to um, buy new cars and so the stories I will tell you whatever but that was that now in 2020 they have more than enough money to buy another car or other cars yet they still he can't get out of the cycle of the old cars so he has a couple of newer cars and a car his Lexus that is when I got married in 1999 he reminded me, was not new. I think it was three or four years old at the time. So like, this is what we're dealing with people. So (laughs) I just want to start this one one story. So we had the car, it was like in the 70s. I don't know what the actual kind of a car it is, but it was the Scamp. Was the Scamp the model name, I guess? I don't know what the the manufacturer name is. I have no idea. Oh, that's the name of a car? When, a when you said me you're telling the story about a scam, I felt like he got screwed out of a car. <laughs> no, scamp with a P at the end. Scamp. <laughs> it's a Plymouth. It's a Plymouth. Oh, it was a Plymouth. Oh, for sure. Okay, that actually makes total sense now. Plymouth, haha. Okay, so just <laughs> picture this. Um, it was a two-door car. Very long, though, of course, for a two-door car, because back in the day, it was silver-ish gray. It had a bench seat in the front as most cars did in the time so it was like white vinyl seat um bench in the front like bench in the back okay and that car i I just it it, whatever we went to you know grand forks and back and we went on our camping trips dana i don't remember there was one time we were in grand forks and for those people who are not from um manitoba listening to this grand forks is like going into let's say Niagara Falls or Buffalo from Toronto where you just drove into the States you went for like one or two nights for a at the Holiday Inn and you did some shopping there and then you came home and we were at the Holiday Inn one time and it was the summer and of course the car didn't have air conditioning because that would have been complete and utter insanity and we mom told us to stay in the pool until the last possible second before we were getting into the car and I didn't even like the pool. Dana used to love the pool and could stay in the pool for like 17 hours at a time. I liked to like dip my toe in and come out. She made us go in. Like I had to be like totally submerged. We came out. She lay a towel down on the back seat of the car. And then we just drove with like all the windows open and we were still partially wet in the car. And that was the only way that we kind of um, maintained some sort of cooling temperatures along the highway on the hour and 45 minute drive home from Grand Forks but, <laughs> but this is ridiculous but the car itself okay whatever so fast forward I don't even know how many years we had that car like I can't even I can't even picture it was for sure well into the 80s and um 
my dad, I guess he tried to sell the car. Say that again. Hang on. Because it, it was, we had that car when we moved into the new house. No, did we? Yeah. Because it used to sit in the driveway and that, so you'll tell this part about how all the paint came off. But yeah, it stood in the driveway of our new house, which was in a for those people who don't know, it was like it's in a nice neighborhood. And my school bus on the way to <laughs> school used to pick me up in front of the house and our car would be in the driveway and it had no paint on it. And all of the kids on the school bus who were like rich Jewish kids at the time on our way to school would see that car. And I used to be because I was a teenager who cared about vanity. I was like so embarrassed that that car was in our driveway because people were like, what is the deal with that car? It's like sits in your driveway and it has no paint on it. And it was like, <laughs> so, so that was like way after 1986. We still, so that's 19. Yeah. Okay. So we moved in 87. We moved in this in the fall of 1987. No, because we would have moved before my bat mitzvah. I was, we were, we were in that house when I had my bat mitzvah. Oh, so in the fall of 86. And, um, so this car, like, okay, so now we're talking, the car's like a minimum of 15 years old. I'm sure it's older than that. And it was never a great car to begin with. Let's all establish that. So going on from Dana saying that the car was, um, saying that the car was, um, in the driveway. So it was so rusted over the, um, the wheel wells that my dad finally took duct tape. You heard me duct tape taped over the parts that were so rusted that like you could just like put your hand through the car basically he duct taped it and then he took a roller like a paint roller like you're you're, like you're painting your living room walls a roller with some silver paint painted over the duct tape over the wheel wells (laughs) and put the car up for sale (laughs) i think he sold it for two hundred (laughs) dollars i think he sold it for two hundred dollars after he duct taped the wheel wells so that's like that's where that's where we're sort of going I think that was actually for me maybe the worst story of the cars but that's sort of how we have grown up well and from the 70s the neighbor across the street where we in our first house where that car sat she and her brother Sandy and her brother Scotty she Sandy just told me this she they would kick this like soccer ball or ball across the street and it almost hit the car one time and she came over to say sorry to mom like I'm so sorry our ball almost hit your car and apparently mom said to her well that's okay it's like such a piece of shit anyway like the paint's all falling off and you like your ball it's fine if the window's like nobody cared it was like like so yeah oh my god seriously but so Mm -hmm. here's the thing here's the thing um do you, Dane, did we have the scamp at the same time as the station wagon? We must have. Yeah. So we also had a station wagon. There was nothing wrong with the station wagon, but it was one of those very typical, um, like from, from what's that Chevy Chase movie? The Lampoon. Um, National Lampoon. Vacation. Vacation, where like the, the car itself must have been like 30 feet long, I think. And it had, gr- it was gray paneling, uh, not gray, green, w- and there was wood paneling and it was green leather interior. Leather. And then, wasn't it? It was leather, I think. Plastic. Oh, maybe it was vinyl. Okay, maybe it was vinyl. Maybe. And it was green. And we used to, of course, have all of our friends in the car. We used to sit in the backpack. And by sit, ah, we used to lie in the backpack. Of course, because there was no seatbelts or any of that. And then that, that station wagon also had um, a seat at the back window that faced out. 
So you could sit in the backpack and you could look at the people driving towards you. Oh, we all have that. And, but here's the, my thing with that. I was thinking about this the other night. There were so many levels of non-safety in that car. I mean, the lack of seatbelts, but that was just life. Nobody wore a seatbelt. This seat, the back door of the station wagon was like two parts. So it was the actual door and then it was the window. Whereas now if you have an SUV, the window doesn't open in the back. Right. That window opened and we could control it as kids when we were sitting in the backseat. So we could roll down the window and basically our entire bodies could have been out on the street. Like <laughs> it's insane to me how that window um, was allowed to be open. But we used to sit in the back there. We used to wave at people. It was like a whole thing. But seriously, I mean, I, I can't even imagine. I can't believe that cars like that were actually manufactured um, back in I the day. I think it had seats but they were I think that car had seatbelts. you think maybe in the back maybe in that back seat but not like in the backpack because we used to lie down there and we used to go to the drive-in no 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 the backpack had well at least in the early 90s they had seatbelts they upped their game a bit in the 90s yeah yeah we're talking like a 10-year difference here or more <laughs> um do you guys know our car Melvin Oliver Shalom yeah the, you're the girls yeah because you yes about, you and your sisters we had dane i don't think you ever saw melly melly was our communal car for the girls shared it and like like none of us wanted to take responsibility for it to the point that the rule was whoever empties the tank has to fill the tank with gas right. and so every person would just go and put like five bucks in at a time and so it was constantly going on five dollars worth of gas because no one wanted to take responsibility for the car <laughs> But so Melly, Melly like had a sad life. First of all, his name was Melvin because we bought a used car. And so he started off when you would start him, you had to, <laughs> so he's like an old man trying to get up. And then his brakes were a little like, he really had to work on those brakes. And like, sometimes he would like start and stop. Like he was the epitome of an old Jewish man named Melvin. We loved Melvin. Melvin got in approximately 15 car accidents. <laughs> because apparently none of us are good drivers. A few of those things we hit were stopped cars. Well, like we were. Oh my. And, and yeah. She, like, like I think Shira hit a stopped car. That she told me just the other day when we were talking that, um, and it hit a person. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> um well that i mean that was that was me <laughs> but the person i mean i was only 50 percent responsible because the person crossing the street was on her phone we don't need to talk about that oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just it just reminded me when you guys were talking about how you were embarrassed about having melly at the end or having your crappy car at the end of the driveway <laughs> When mom and dad were trying to sell our house, the real estate agent told them to move Melly off the property because <laughs> it was lowering the value of the house. Nice. Yeah. So I think like, I feel like probably like Melly had to go down the street and my dad's Beamer probably had to get put onto the driveway just to show like, you know, you could be a successful person and live in this house. Oh my God. <laughs> and not, <laughs> it's yeah. a crap. Well, 
if we go by the same um, standards, then then my parents can never put a car on the driveway of their house when, in fact, they do try to sell it one day. The cars must stay in the garage under no circumstances can they come out. Oh, one of, the, one of the inanimate objects that has been hit by me was your dad's car. Oh, which car? I want to say the Lexus. When did that happen? Well, I had just gotten my license. And I, was, okay. I wasn't driving Melly. I was driving my mom's car. Mm-hmm. I pulled out of the, <laughs> I pulled out of the, <laughs> out of the garage, and I just went straight into your dad's car. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> they all heard. They all. By the way, I now I I'm a very fine driver now. My son is safe, but I, I hit your dad's car. <laughs> they all run out onto the driveway, and your dad goes, "You got it." i did not hear that one before well because i was ashamed but i wasn't the first person to really have an accident heading out of the garage in mom's car because lauren did it too what did she hit well she hit the garage door oh god and everybody learned how to drive by bill which is kind of interesting so so this is his fault really (laughs) like he was a well, driving teacher and then like taught us to drive taught like he's probably taught like 50 people how to drive but for some reason with the tenant house girls it didn't like take or something it didn't take <laughs> well, no, no because i do have to say i think that dane and i are quite good drivers if i do say so myself now i'm a good driver are you um no, I don't. <laughs> no, like, I, don't, I don't know because I don't drive with you. So I don't know. Like, are you? like I'm a fine driver. I now look, I mean, look, my car now has rear view cameras, so I can't hit things that are directly behind me anymore. Right. Well, I'm pretty sure this will tell me to do better. Well, well, let's just go on to the dad um, driving for a second and take it one step um farther i um i bought a car many years oh the car i talked about the other day with the crazy guy who had to pee every two seconds (laughs) in my mr2 which was a standard car and i was going to europe um for six months and i was leaving my car obviously at home and so i said to dana um you can drive my car no problem you can have the car but you have to learn how to drive standard before i leave so we were like okay no problem so i took her out one afternoon and taught taught her how to drive standard I we actually were right near where Ellie's um, house used to be and there was very very little traffic of any kind in any capacity there so you could sit and you know you could start the car would be like anybody who's ever learned how to drive standard could fully picture themselves doing that and you're screeching in the tires and but you were never really in any major danger that an oncoming car was going to hit you right so we're out for I don't know hours right we come home we're laughing we're killing ourselves we've been crying all afternoon we come home and dad says what does dad say come on Dane let's go show me what you got oh no and he takes her to the corner again for people who are in Winnipeg to the corner of Grant and Keniston for let's just say busy busy intersection busy intersection that was my first time Mm -hmm. you okay and they turn into the like the the plaza the, the the strip mall there and he makes her turn left (laughs) didn't go well didn't go well 
they pull into the parking lot and then I think you had to then maneuver yourself out of the parking lot. There was a lot of reverse and left turn situations. You come home <laughs> and you walk in and you slam the door and you said, I am never fucking going driving with him again. What the? <laughs> and we're like, and you storm down the hall. And we're like, hmm, what happened there? <laughs> and he walks in. He's like, I don't know what she's all riled up about. I just wanted to see if she could drive in traffic. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, dad, dad, I just taught her like two hours ago. You can't take her into traffic. And the thing about turning left there. So when the left turn, when you get the green light, you obviously it's a giant intersection. You have to pull in halfway into the intersection and wait for the oncoming cars. So once you get going with the standard is one thing, but then I had to stop in the middle and pray that I could get the clutch and the gas to go to get me through the intersection when, when it was my turn to go. And I'm, I don't remember if I stalled, but like, I'm thinking that. Oh no, you stalled. You stalled. When we got into the little parking lot uh, uh, after that, I was bawling and I was like, I didn't want to drive home. like he and he and he's like all right it's okay like he was trying to stay all calm I'm like <laughs> but and Ellie I don't know if you have a, a, anything to comment on that but we all before if we if we do come back to cars we do have to talk about the Camry for a second because that is that was the most classic of all the more recent cars Tracy did that whole as much so she didn't see the end result of the Camry but we do have to talk about that one um, I mean, like no one in my family was taught um, manual, but we were all taught by Bill. When I told my sisters that we were going to be talking about this, Shira's response was, well, like, no, like my experience was like inoffensive. So that's great. A. Like that's a good review of driving with Billy. I was told that Charlie Hoffman actually really enjoyed himself. Agreed. I've heard that too. Okay. So Charlie had a great experience. I had fun. Because we would just go for drives and he would, we would go around Garden City and he would just tell me like who in which houses has recently passed away. Oh. And like, it was just like, it was a who's who of the Winnipeg Jewish obituary section. <laughs> so like, I had a fine time, but Lauren Rachel did not. She had the same experience of walking in and going, that's never happening again. Now again, Lauren is not... Like Lauren is a person who drives out of necessity. She has said herself that if she lived in a city with public transit, she would never drive. And I don't know if that's because she doesn't like driving or but because of this one experience. But when she went driving with Uncle Bill, she was, I guess she was going too far to the curb. So Bill made her roll the window all the way down and stick her head out like a dog to prove to her that she wasn't far enough left and that she could go further towards the line without hitting another car using her head as the measurement. (laughs) Yeah. So my family generally inoffensive with, with, with Billy, with learning to drive, Lauren was the exception. Mm -hmm. Lauren, Lauren had a traumatizing experience. I remember when I was teaching me how to drive, it was like the day or two before my test and we were, he you know, a lot of people get away with passing their tests, but still to this day don't know how to parallel park, which is like actually part of completing a driving test. But people will like bear not right by, but he, we pulled over, I guess I was done. Like my lesson that day, I was like tired. It was like, we weren't getting along. I was, and, and we pull up to the curb and he's like, okay, put the car in park. I'm like, okay. He opens up the trunk and pulls out the poles and like 
did it 30 times and yeah like and his whole I mean I did really well on my driving test I probably I think I only got like two demerits for I can't even remember what so it did and to this day like I can actually still really parallel park really well on the on the occasion I like I'm not good but I can I can even parallel park on the left side of the road which is a whole nother thing he was a good Mm -hmm. yeah so can I. I where I'm not accurate because I don't because he he was so specific about in the rearview mirror, turn your wheel, turn, like all the way, all the way. All, and even he says, when you bump the curb with your back wheel is actually the best indicator that you're like perfectly in the spot. So there are moments where I don't do it well, but yeah, full on, full on. Less- classic, a yep. classic bill discussion or comment is after you park, you'll go, oh, got to take a cab to the curb. Oh. So- yes. And quite frankly, I say that all the time. Jeff will be parking or, you know, or somebody every now and then on Jeff will park and will say, am I close enough to the curb? And I open the door and I went, mm, nope, nope, we need to ride to the curb. So it's it still goes along. And then Jeff knows that means that he's six inches probably from the curb. Like it's not even a far amount from the curb. But unless you're like mm-hmm. hugging that curb, it doesn't so I, I once drove Evan's grandmother who was like, this is nothing. She's just a delight. But I drove her to Evan's aunt's house and I parked and like, it was, it was like a cab to the curb situation. So I said, Safta, do I like, should I, should I fix my parking job? And she goes, yeah, yeah. Like, this is terrible. You, I will, I will guide you. I'm like, okay. She guides me. And I'm like, this doesn't, this doesn't feel better. I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. And she goes, perfect, perfect. Ellie, you've got it. I get out. I was at a complete, I was at a 45 degree angle. And speaking oh. of um, heads out the window. So I just have to share one camp, one Camry story. So the chronology is yeah. the scamp, the station wagon. Then when we were still in that first house, we got the Camry. Mom and dad brought, New, well, knew it. Mm-hmm. In fact, no, I think oh, it was new. Uh, well, I wonder if it was brand. Anyway, yeah, I, I don't know. We ever had was brand. Well, the Maxima was brand new, but the Camry. I think I think I remember the Shanes came home with the Subaru one time first, and that, that was like the first deluxe because they had a station wagon too. And then they got the Subaru, and we and then we got the Camry, and it was like I remember it rolling up onto Mansard and being like, "Oh my God, is that really ours?" Like it was like. Oh my God. So oh, yeah. that car was like in spanking new condition. I think it was pre-owned, but whatever. By the time we got rid of it or it died or whatever, it was, and I was, the, I drove it to its death. Like I was not, I didn't drive it to, I <laughs> to its death it when it was on its, like it went from mom and dad to you, to me. So I got it like in its worst. Time. Yeah. And then it was, there was a massive crack in the windshield from whatever reason, like it was small and then grew and then grew and then grew. And it was like literally in your entire line of vision. So speaking of head out the window, Ellie, do you know how many times? So in the winter, <laughs> in the winter, the defrost and the heater didn't work and it's minus 40 in Winnipeg. So I'm driving home from school at like nine at night from downtown Winnipeg. It's like, 
I can see my breath literally in the car the entire time. <laughs> I have no heat. My windshield wipers are broken. The one on the left on the driver's side doesn't work at all. Only the one on the right side barely works. So I would like try to dust off the snow. So it's snowing and I'm like half a windshield wiper, massive crack through the windshield and I can't see through the frost. And I have to put my head out the window to see the road. I'm not even kidding. And that car was in such bad shape. Like the seatbelts didn't even work by the end. Like the seatbelts didn't even work. Oh my Nothing, God. Nothing. The radio didn't work. All you got was like static feedback. Everything about the car broke. Every single thing about the car broke. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if we sold it or what. Well, we must have. I think we may we may have had to like literally donate that to this metal scrap pile. I don't know what ever happened to that car actually either. But hold on, just one other thing about head out the window as well with the Camry. But I think this was like a little bit. This was earlier on. The windshield was not cracked at the time. So, and I was working back in, at at Grapes Pier One for those people who were around. Was on Pembina Highway. And so I'm coming home. It's like two in the morning because I, I think I was cocktail waitressing there or something. I can't remember. And I'm coming home and it's pouring rain. And I go to turn on the windshield wipers and the freaking windshield wipers don't work. And I'm like, what? what is happening? So like I'm on Pembina Highway. I'm like, I don't know. I'm 20 minutes from the house. I don't know. And I have to stick my head out like a dog out of the window in the rain because I can't see. And I got home and they're like, what's the matter? I'm like, what's the matter? what's the matter you let me drive a car with a windshield wiper that doesn't work and I, like we still I mean we laugh about it now and I'm like my head was out the window and it wasn't even cracked then I mean that's, that's even worse. Yeah. brutal and then the last car oh and my then, god um, there was the Maxima that was brand new I think and then that one that one still went brand new. No. that one had the no. someone asked I think Shira asked which is the one that had the keyless entry the the pin pad like, so deluxe. Yeah, that car. Even <laughs> so that one deluxe. Went, like right into the gutter in the end. But that's how we could always. Like yes. when we were young and we'd want to come to Auntie Judy and Uncle Bill's house, we would look for that car in the driveway, and that's how we knew when to like make our little turn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Gone. Like yeah, distinctly. But- it's like the first time like you see your dad without his beard or something like your house without the rusting car in the driveway was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> wrong. Exactly. Because these cars, so the, from the scamp and to the Camry to the Maxim, eventually all these cars, my parents have a double garage and double driveway. And each one of these cars eventually ended up on the bottom left hand mm-hmm. corner of the driveway so that you could get the two working vehicles that were parked in the garage for the winter. You could get them inside the garage and then you could just pull out. So the one on the left-hand side used to have to like swerve and maneuver around said car at the back to get out. So that's what Ellie's saying. So that's how they knew that that was like the the signpost of the house. Oh, there's the the rusting car. And we're here. And I guess the last one is the, is the Lexus because the last, the, the Lexus is, um, like they still have it and they still think it's comfortable and it's actually a, a scrap. It's a metal scrap, but they think it's really comfortable. So even that one, but that one's still for some reason surviving. And I don't. Okay. Literally yesterday, dad says to me, Ooh, I just put a battery in the Lexus. It started like a charm. <laughs> I said, it started like a charm. It's 25 years old. It runs. It's perfect. I said, what? And that one also, it, that one doesn't have garage space either anymore because it's past its prime. So it sits outside all winter. Oh, it started like a charm, he says. I'm like, it's a rust yeah. bucket. 
I said, that car is begging you to sell it for scraps. I said, that car needs the duct tape and the roller. (laughs) (laughs) And that wraps up episode four of Hookers and Horses, Stories of a Prairie Family. Be sure to tune into episode five, Stories of a Passover Prairie Family. And be sure to text in any comments or questions or your wish to be a guest. So for hookers and horses, stay home, stay safe. Peace out.